From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow and Bank of America earnings crossing the Bloomberg as we speak. We are going to break them down in just moments from now with Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Financial Services, uh, Allison Williams. She'll be joining us in just a moment. And first, we go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. And speaking of those Bank of America numbers, Q2 trading revenue ex-DVA was $4 billion. Estimate there, $4.01 billion. U.S. futures with a bid right now with Dow futures up 2 268 points. SBs gained 36, while NASDAQ futures are up by 137. The U.S. 10-yield at 2.96%. Gold is up 12. Oil is in the green. And Bitcoin trading higher by 6%. Hong Kong rose 2.7% overnight, while European markets are also in the green, led by gains in France and Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, the NHB Housing Market Index. And regarding earnings this morning, also look for Schwab and Goldman Sachs to report in the pre-market. In other news, Goldman Sachs also said it's too early to assume inflation is easing and wrapping things up. Brinker was cut to neutral over at Goldman. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK, and that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John? Good morning, Karen. Three people killed at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana yesterday in a shooting that ended when an armed man fatally shot the gunman. A new report finds egregiously poor decision-making on the part of law enforcement responding to the mass shooting at the Valdi Elementary School in Texas. Sports Camp Smith wins golf's British Open. Yankees beat the Red Sox 13-2. Mets lose to the Cubs 3-2. The Nationals beat the Braves 7-3. The Orioles lose to the Rays 7-5. And the A's beat the Astros 4-3. Global News 24 hours a day on air. And on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg Karen. All right, John, thank you. And again, we're watching earnings from Bank of America across the Bloomberg. It reported trading revenue that met analysts' estimates. Shares are moving lower in early trading, down 1.4%. And we're going to break those earnings down in just moments from now with Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Financial Services Analyst Allison Williams. But first, it is 649 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. 
ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and number 14 in the nation on Money's Best Colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. A startup in Cambridge, Massachusetts, says it can use artificial intelligence to help predict future variants of COVID-19. A priori bio said it's harnessing information with the aim of helping pharmaceutical companies produce variant-proof vaccines. The company hopes its services will provide an early warning to governments about how future variants might behave, sort of like a hurricane alert. The United Arab Emirates will set up a fund worth close to a billion dollars to develop satellites as it moves forward with the Middle East's most ambitious space program. The program includes plans to explore Venus within seven years and land on an asteroid, in addition to launching a spacecraft into Martian orbit. And the U.S. and Russian space agencies have agreed to resume having a crew members ride to the International Space Station on each other's rockets. The arrangement will send an integrated crew to the space station in September, according to NASA. That's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen. Thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where we're coming up to 651 on Wall Street. And as you mentioned, Bank of America earnings are continuing to cross the Bloomberg terminal. So let's bring in Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Financial Services Analyst Allison Williams for a breakdown of these results. Allison, we saw a bit of a pop in Bank of America's stock on the headline that uh, trading revenue basically came in line with estimates. Now we're seeing those uh, gains erased and the stock is falling. Uh, What stands out to you? So the one thing that stands out to us is the capital ratio. Keep in mind that uh, we saw J.P. Morgan pausing their buybacks. Um, Bank of America had already talked about pausing their buybacks. In fact, those came in much lower uh, last quarter. And the capital ratio is a little bit light of where they need to be in the fourth quarter. Um, We learned about those new requirements with the stress test. And how about the uh, net interest income? Obviously, this is something that we're watching with all of the banks as uh, the Fed is in a tightening cycle. Uh, how'd that do? The, the net interest income um, looks good. The loan growth looks good. Um, operating leverage is positive. So from a core basis, um, things look pretty good. Consumer spending strong. I think it's I, – my guess is going to be that it's the capital ratio that investors are reacting to. Trading also, by the way, looks a little bit better. And in terms of uh, provisions for credit losses, those came in uh, lower than analysts were expecting. Uh, what does that tell you? There's no reserve bill, so we're going to want to hear a little bit more detail on, on the call. But um, credit across the banks has been stronger. So we know that the consumer today is in a great position And the fact that they're not adding reserves um, could mean that, you know, based on their economic scenarios, they they feel that they're in a good position already. And as we watch uh, the earnings continue to roll in, Bank of America's stock now down about 2% in the pre-market. Allison Williams of Bloomberg Intelligence will be checking back with you throughout the morning as we await the final results as well from Goldman Sachs wrapping up bank earnings season. In the meantime, it is now 6.53 on Wall Street. We want to check what's going on in D.C., where some of the top stories include President Biden returning from Saudi Arabia without a promise of increased oil production. The U.S. envoy for energy security, Amos Hochstein, says he is confident Gulf nations will boost output in the coming weeks. There is additional spare capacity. There is room for increased production. Uh, as we've told producers in the United States, uh, we've had conversations over the last several months and weeks uh, mm-hmm. with OPEC, uh, and I, I believe that there is still more room to 
uh, to see additional steps. Amos Hochstein with the State Department was on CBS's Face the Nation. In the meantime, White House Economic Advisor Jared Bernstein tells Fox News Sunday drivers are starting to feel less pain at the pump. The price of gas has come down 50 cents a gallon. There are now 20,000 gas stations across this country where gas is below $4 a gallon. Still too high, but that's moving in the right direction, giving Americans some much-needed breathing room. Also making news, Senator Joe Manchin blocking a slimmed-down economic package out of concern over inflation. Independent Bernie Sanders tells ABC's This Week Manchin is sabotaging President Biden's agenda. In my humble opinion, you know, Manchin represents the very wealthiest people in this country, not working families in West Virginia or America. And the House January 6th committee expects to receive deleted text messages from the Secret Service by tomorrow under subpoena. Committee member Zoe Lofgren was also on this week. I was shocked to hear that they didn't back up their data before they reset their iPhones. That's crazy. I don't know why that would be. But we need to get this information to get the full picture. You can hear this week, Fox News Sunday, and Face the Nation every Sunday right here on Bloomberg Radio. And for more, we're joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins in the nation's capital. So, Emily, President Biden comes back from the Middle East right into a fight over inflation and spending. Yeah, and that's going to make it extra critical for President Biden to be able to show that this trip did amount to something when it comes to terms of gas prices. Uh, a U.S. envoy who was on the trip, uh, Amos Hochstein with the State Department, said he is confident that Gulf producers will increase oil output after that trip. Uh, but Saudi said any decision to increase oil production would have to be made at that August 3rd OPEC meeting. So we're going to have to see exactly what happens here. Uh, but Biden certainly needs something he can point to. He came under heavy criticism for that fist bump that he exchanged with Saudi Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, you know, this is a nation he promised to make a pariah. Uh, he's one that has a nation with a bunch of human rights abuses. Obviously, the the killing of a Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Um, and so this whole trip, you know, the big thing was oil. I've talked to lawmakers who say that the thing that Biden needs to do is really bring that price down. And at this point, it just it remains to be seen exactly what's going to be happening with that and if production will be increased. And it really goes into the debate that's happening on Capitol Hill right now over how to deal with inflation and the ongoing back and forth uh, within the Democratic Party, uh, specifically Senator Joe Manchin, blocking that economic package. And now looks like even the chips bill is going to get dialed back. Yeah, there's a couple different balls in the air. And you're right, Ethan, a lot of this has to do with inflation and concerns over it. Manchin is worried that to put another big financial package out there, even one that is Democrats, as Democrats point out, would be completely paid for, would be super problematic for the economy and for inflation. And so that one, that reconciliation package is on hold. There's also now looking at the package for U.S.-China competitiveness, making the U.S. more competitive, boosting domestic manufacturing. But the and Senate will vote on a version of the, that bill this week, but it's going to be way slimmed down than what we were initially expecting. Lawmakers were negotiating a much wider package. Package. This one's mostly going to focus on $52 billion in grants and incentives to help increase semiconductors and help more of those semiconductor companies look at the U.S. as a place where they can build their factories and produce their products. Thanks for this, Emily. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. And you can read more at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. We continue to watch shares of Bank of America as the uh, 
Bank has reported earnings. Uh, earnings per share came in slightly below estimates, along with overall revenue. Uh, BAC down 1.1% in the pre-market. S&P futures are higher by 37 points. Dow futures up 274. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 140 points. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning while the dollar weakens as investors scale back bets on how aggressively the Federal Reserve will tighten policy, easing recession fears. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 38 points. Dow futures up 273. And Nasdaq futures up 141. The DAX in Germany is up 1.3 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds. Yield 2.95 percent. The yield on the two-year 3.14 NYMEX crude oil is up 1.8% of $1.76 at $99.35 a barrel. COMEX gold up 8 tenths percent or $13.70 at $17.17.30 an ounce. The euro 1.0159 against the dollar. British pound 1.1984 and the yen is at 138.27. And Bitcoin is up more than 6% at $22,230. Goldman Sachs Bank of America among companies scheduled to report earnings today. And that's a Bloomberg. Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen, three people killed at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana, in a shooting that ended when an armed man fatally shot the gunman. A new report finds egregiously poor decision-making on the part of law enforcement responding to the mass shooting at the Uvalde Elementary School in Texas. And President Vladimir Zelensky removing his national security head and Ukraine's top prosecutor, alleging that some employees collaborated with Russian intelligence. Sports Camp Smith wins golf's British Open. The Yanks beat the Red Sox 13 to 12. Mets lose to the Cubs 3 to 2. The Nationals beat the Braves 7 to 3. The Orioles lose to the Rays 7 to 5. And the A's beat the Astros 4 to 3. Global news 24 hours a day on air. And on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. John, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. As we get ready to kick off another trading week, we are joined this morning by Bloomberg Television anchor and markets correspondent Danny Berger. Looking at green on the screen this morning after the uh, late week rally to uh, end last week. But uh, we've got some notes out this morning, Danny, that uh, might make investors wonder whether this is another bear market rally. Yeah, I I think that's certainly a a big part of this conversation. You could either say, okay, things have sold off a lot, the Fed perhaps – the peak of rate rises is soon going to be here. If we're not going 100 basis points, we're just going 75. But, yeah, I, I think the the note, which you're, you're probably uh, trying to bait me into covering, which I am more than happy to be baited because <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's Mike Wilson, right? Sort of the, <laughs> the the perma bear here saying that, look, even um, what we're seeing right now is likely, yes, just that a bear market rally, um, that the bear market, it's not over. And they say even if we avoid a recession, we're still likely to see more stock losses, but they do say the odds of a recession are rising. 
Yeah, interesting to see that once again from, as you term him, uh, prob- quite rightly, perma bear Mike <laughs> Wilson, raising the odds of a recession, even as it seems as though markets, at least for this morning or the last couple of days, are baking in the possibility that we're not going to see quite as big rate hikes as investors might have thought. And maybe that brings in the possibility, or at least brings back into the conversation, the idea of a soft landing. Yeah, I, I think a big part of it is we just went too far in pricing what the Fed is going to do because what we're pricing in for this month's rate decision, it, it's certainly still a jumbo hike. It's uh, 79 basis points on the money market pricing. Of course, they don't move in those intervals, so that implies that most bets are, are centered around 75, which, again, historically, a very, very large hike. But I do think markets just went too far in saying perhaps it'll be 1%. Um, perhaps it's going to be bigger. So what we've seen these past couple days is markets having to take a step back saying, okay, yes, the Fed is raising rates, but inflation perhaps isn't as pernicious, not that it won't be pernicious, but but we just went too far. And, and, and I really think that that's what we've been seeing on Friday and today. But you have to wonder, Danny, whether we're going to see more concern about inflation bleed back into the market as we get through more of earnings season. Mm-hmm. We're wrapping up banks today. We're going to hear from some big tech names later mm-hmm. this week. That's going to make things pretty interesting. Yes, it definitely will, especially considering we've heard a lot of tech names talk about slowing hiring, um, be it Microsoft, who says that, you know, this is this is normal for them. It's not because they're global concerns, but Google, uh, Alphabet, their parent company, has also slowed hiring as well. Um, and, and, yeah, is the global slowdown going to hurt tech? This is usually a sector that's perhaps a bit more resilient, but if you're an ad spending business, if that's if that's what you're dependent on, then yeah, certainly uh, slower growth among corporates could could definitely come to bite. Are we looking for more earnings downgrades as we get further into the season? Is that something that uh, the analysts you talk to are watching out for? Definitely. We, we have started to see some downgrades. The, the expectations are, are still pretty elevated. But as we get closer to more earnings reports, it is net downgrades instead of net upgrades. Um, Bank of America, though, Mike Hartnett over there does believe that it's still, despite some of the downgrades we've seen, earnings are going to disappoint. And he says that's going to be the thing that drives capitulation in this market, that we haven't totally seen it, despite the fact we've entered a bear market. But this earnings season will be the thing that causes it if we see disappointments. Our last minute here, Danny, uh, as we enter the uh, Fed blackout period here, I got to ask what you make of all the pretty significant swings we've seen in the market just based on pieces of economic data Mm. coming out one after the other. It's like if you get a big inflation print, things go down big time. We got retail sales last week and things went up big time. I I think this is so fascinating because we are trading on pieces of data. I mean, look, we've always traded on pieces of data, but but we're having so many people and so much volatility around pieces of data that we never did before. Um, trading on a University of Michigan sentiment survey, I mean, that's pretty strange, but it, <laughs> yeah. it, but, it but you kind of have to do it. The, the Jay Powell, last time he raised rates, 75 basis points, cited that as one of the inputs. Um, and yet again, on Friday's University of Michigan survey, people backed off around rate heights because it wasn't just the retail sales data, it was inflation expectations that came in. So I think it's just every single piece of data is not just important for the market, it's important for the Fed, hence why all the volatility. 
Thanks for this, Danny. Great having you on with us. Danny Berger, markets correspondent, Bloomberg TV anchor, with us here this morning on Bloomberg Radio. Looking ahead to the market open, futures poised for gains. S&P futures up 39 points. Dow futures up 289. NASDAQ futures higher by 145 points. Ten-year treasury down 11.30 seconds. Yield 2.95%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, cloudy today, some showers and storms developing by midday, low 80s. We'll be near 90, mostly sunny tomorrow, and by Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 95. Right now, 76 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Investment advisors switch to Interactive Brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at ibkr.com slash ria. Up first, markets gear up for a slew of earnings this week. Investors are watching how business is weathering inflation and tightening from the Fed. Coleman Sachs and Bank of America wrap up reporting for the major banks today. Other notable names this week include Tesla, Netflix, United Airlines, and IBM. And the results, Karen, come on the heels of June's hot CPI report. Claro Advisors founder and managing principal Ryan Belanger says even if their earnings misses, big U.S. companies are still a good place for investors. You've got consumer spending still on the rise, so you've still got a very attractive consumer balance sheet. Household finances are in great shape still. So that's one of the reasons why we still like the domestic companies more than the international counterparts. Ryan Belanger with Claro Advisors says we're still likely to see a prolonged period of volatility. Meantime, Nathan, one of Wall Street's biggest bears says U.S. stocks are likely to face more declines. That's even if the economy manages to avoid a recession. Morgan Stanley strategist Mike Wilson says he expects the bear market to continue. He also sees the odds of a recession continuing to rise. Well, turning to commodities now, Karen, oil is on the rise after last week's nearly 7% drop. It follows President Biden's landmark visit to the Middle East that wrapped up without a firm commitment from Saudi Arabia to boost crude supplies. Checking prices now, NYMEX crudes up 2% or $1.95. $94 at $99.52 a barrel. Brent is higher by 2.3% at $103.49. Well, we move to Italy now, Nathan, where Prime Minister Mario Draghi is under mounting pressure to reverse his pledge to resign. Draghi appears determined to leave office, but some are pushing for him to stay. Bloomberg's Tommaso Ebhardt has more from Milan. If Draghi resigned, then he will resign in the hands of the president, Mattarella. We are expecting at this point Mattarella or to have a, a consultation with political leader, but there's almost a, no possibility to form a new government. In that case, he will call snap elections. And Bloomberg's Tommaso Ebhardt in Milan says Mario Draghi will address lawmakers Wednesday to declare whether or not he'll quit the government. And in corporate news, Starbucks is weighing whether to sell its U.K. operations, according to the Financial Times, which says the coffee chain has yet to initiate a formal sales process. The U.K. is Starbucks' largest market in Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And your local headlines straight ahead on Bloomberg. 
Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 76 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash eastbound Route 3 at 17 in Rutherford. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nathan. The first draft of an investigative report on the mass shooting at a South Texas elementary school in May finds plenty of blame to go around for the stuttering response to the attack. Details in this report this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The report finds nearly 400 law enforcement officials rushed to a mass shooting at a Uvalde elementary school, but egregiously poor decision-making resulted in more than an hour of chaos before the gunman, who took 21 lives, was finally confronted and killed. The nearly 80-page report was the first to criticize both state and federal law enforcement and not just local authorities in the South Texas town for the bewildering inaction. The report also finds no one assumed command, despite scores of officers being on the scene. Some families blasted police as cowards and demanded resignations. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Three people were killed at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana, in a shooting yesterday that ended when an armed man fatally shot the gunman. A man with a rifle and several magazines of ammunition entered the mall's food court and started firing. Police said on Facebook they are seeking witnesses to the shooting, which took place about 15 miles south of Indianapolis. A New York City firefighter was seriously hurt Sunday after responding to a crash on Manhattan's west side. He was responding to a two-car crash when one of the cars shifted and fell on his leg. According to New York City's chief medical examiner, Ivana Trump, the ex-wife of former President Donald Trump, died accidentally of blunt impact injuries to her torso. She reportedly had fallen down the stairs at her Upper East Side home. Her death led the office of New York's Attorney General Letitia James to postpone a deposition of the former president that's scheduled for next week. And the House Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol assault expects to receive text messages in his subpoena from the Secret Service by tomorrow. A former aide, Cassidy Hutchinson, said she was told Trump wanted to join the mob when marching on the Capitol, but was blocked by a security detail and a physical altercation took place. The text messages could provide insight into that episode. Global News 24 hours a day on air. Hannah Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, John. 635 on Wall Street. Here's John Stashauer with the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, the Yankees with a two-game Boston massacre. They had lost three straight to the Red Sox, but they won Saturday night 14-1, to and they came back yesterday and won 13-2, an eight-run fourth inning, later home runs for Tim Locastro and Joey Gallo. Garrett Cole struck out 12. Twice he fanned his nemesis, Raphael Devers, who's homered off Cole eight times. Chris Sale started for the Sox just back from injury, and Aaron Hicks line drive in the first inning broke Sale's pinky. Yankees at the All-Star break, 64-28, and 13-game lead in the AL East. The Mets are 58-35. and 35. They're up two and a half on Atlanta. They were four outs from a four-game sweep in Chicago. The Cubs scored twice in the eighth inning to win 3-2. to two. Starling Marte has taken himself out of tomorrow's All-Star game. Tonight in L.A., Pete Alonso goes for a home run derby. Repeat. They held the MLB draft. The sons of former big leaguers Matt Holliday and Andrew Jones went 1-2 to Baltimore and Arizona. The Mets took Kevin Parada, a catcher from Georgia Tech, and then Jeff Williams, a high school shortstop from Texas. And the Yankees drafted Spencer Jones, an outfielder from Vanderbilt. At St. Andrews, Cam Smith came from behind, had five straight birdies to start the back nine. The 28-year-old Aussie won the Open Championship. Lost uh, four or five holes there. Uh, Aren't, aren't easy around here, especially with that wind in off the left and 
um, yeah, just stuck to what I was doing and, um, yeah, just really proud of how I, how I kind of knuckled down today. Smith tied a record for a major with 20 under par. Beat Westchester native Cam Young by one shot and Rory McIlroy by two. John Stash, Howard, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John, thanks. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us as we await the final set of big bank earnings. Kriti. The final set of big bank earnings. You've got Bank of America and Goldman Sachs due to report this morning. And it's interesting because, of course, we saw a little bit of mixed messaging when we came uh, from the earnings last week. We remember you had J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley coming out and a little bit kind of worried about what might come next. Their trading revenue missed as well. And then you came out and I saw Wells Fargo and Citigroup sending two completely different messages. Wells Fargo saying, well, we're actually going to stick to our buyback. Citigroup saying our trading revenue uh, really knocked the socks off of all the Wall Street banks. This morning, you do have some optimism baked into the market here. Bank of America shares, BAC is your ticker, up 1.2%. I'm going to quickly look up Goldman Sachs here as well. The ticker is the letter GS, also up 1%. This is significant as we talk about what's happening in the macro environment as well. Remember, in this rate hike environment, how much do people have to, or how much do these banks, I should say, have to actually create more loan loss provisions? How much do they actually have to watch out for some of these higher interest rates that would perhaps decline uh, or some of their, or decrease, I should say, some of their net profit margin right now, at least on the on the surface level, you do have some optimism baked into those stocks, Nathan. Yeah, we're going to be watching for those earnings starting off with Bank of America. We're expecting those in just a few minutes, actually. And I see you're watching some news coming out of Southern England this morning. Pretty. I am. It's kind of interesting. You wouldn't think that some news out of Southern England would move uh, one of the biggest stocks in, in the S&P 500 and the Dow, I might add. But nevertheless, it is. Boeing shares, BA is your ticker, up about 2.8%. This is significant. It comes after uh, you had Boeing and Airbus. They are vying for almost $21 billion of aircraft orders at the first major commercial air show since 2019. Here's where the Southern England part comes in. This is the Farnborough Air uh, Show. Super important when it comes to simply getting more of those deals done. Boeing actually just announced uh, this morning that it looks like it's also getting a deal done with Delta at the moment. So remember, a lot of those orders, a lot of those jet orders were put on hold just given the COVID uncertainty and especially the backlog that Boeing is already facing. But Boeing actually said, well, they expect a very big order day, not just for their uh, jets, but their hydrogen engines as well. And that are obviously is already boosting the stock this morning to the tune of 2.8%. And uh, just quickly here, uh, some news with chip stocks as well. Some news with chip stocks. This is really important as we talk about uh, simply what is the trade that really works when it comes to chips. Remember, everyone was buying chips as a bet. These supply chain issues aren't going to go away anytime soon. This morning, Applied Materials AMAT actually got a price target cut over at Deutsche Bank. Nevertheless, the shares are still up 1.6%. Remember, Applied Materials is that semi-equipment maker. So this is significant that even in the face of perhaps uh, some price target cuts from some of the major banks, it's actually still way, way higher. It tells you that trade is still in play. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning as we take a look at futures on the rise. S&P futures up 37 points. Dow futures up 276. And NASDAQ futures leading the way this morning. They are higher by 138 points. Ten-year Treasury is down 10.30 seconds. The yield 2.95%. And the yield on the two-year still inverted 3.14. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130. Other showers and storms developing by midday. Highs in the low 80s. We'll be near 90 tomorrow under a mostly sunny sky. Hot Wednesday, 95 for a high by then. Right now, 76 degrees. 
Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, July 18th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks face another test this week as more earnings roll in. Oil jumps following President Biden's trip to the Middle East. China rolls out mass testing as COVID cases rise. And the January 6th committee prepares to receive texts from the Secret Service. Another deadly shooting, this time at a mall in Indiana. And a damning report in the police response to the school shooting in Texas. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Second straight game where the Yankees crushed the Red Sox. The Mets lost in Chicago. Cameron Smith won the Open Championship golf. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 36 points this morning. Dow futures up 256. And NASDAQ futures up 140. The 10-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds, yield 2.95%. Nathan. Well, Karen, markets are gearing up for another slew of earnings this week. Investors are watching how business is weathering inflation and Fed tightening. The major banks finish reporting today following some disappointing results last week. Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger has a preview. Investors may not be pleased with the numbers from Goldman Sachs. Bloomberg Intelligence says Goldman's second quarter profit may have declined sharply versus a year ago because of outsized investment gains that turned to losses and a slide in banking fees that exceeded trading revenue growth. We also hear from Bank of America this morning. The outlook isn't entirely rosy, but BI is more upbeat, saying B of A likely benefited from flat costs, net income that expanded with rates, and healthy industry Loan Growth, Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thank you. And some other notable names reporting this week include Tesla, Netflix, United Airlines, and IBM. Well, Nathan, this week's earnings come on the heels of June's hot CPI report. And Claro Advisors founder and managing principal Ryan Belanger says even if there are earnings misses, big U.S. companies are still a good place for investors. In this type of environment, you got to stay large cap, we think, as an overweight. We love the dividend-paying stocks. They provide some cash flow. I would say you don't want to abandon large-cap technology. I mean, some of these companies are extremely profitable, have huge business moats, and are trading at really nice discounts to their historic multiples. Ryan Belanger at Claro Advisors says we're still likely to see a prolonged period of volatility. And one of Wall Street's biggest bears, Karen, says U.S. stocks are likely to face more declines, even if the economy manages to avoid a recession. Morgan Stanley strategist Mike Wilson says he expects the bear market to continue. He also sees the odds of a recession continuing to rise. Well, turning to commodities now, Nathan, oil is advancing this morning after last week's almost 7% drop. The jumps follow President Biden's landmark visit to the Middle East that wrapped up without a firm commitment from Saudi Arabia to boost crude supplies. And checking prices now, NYMEX crude oil is up 1.8% of $1.79 at $99.38 a barrel. Brent is up 2.1% at $103.31. Over in Europe, Karen, candidates aiming to succeed U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson are weighing in on the economy and the cost of living crisis in the country. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts has more from London. Good morning, Ewan. 
Good morning, Nathan and Karen. A second TV debate for the five remaining candidates to take over as the next British Prime Minister. Clear dividing lines starting to emerge over taxes and the economy as lawmakers vote to narrow the field. Here's former Chancellor Rishi Sunak, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss. This something-for-nothing economics isn't Conservative, Uh, it's uh, Socialism. Under your plans, we are predicted to have a recession because you have raised tax, it is cutting back on growth, It is preventing companies from investing and it's taking money out of people's pockets. That is no way to get the economy going during a recession. Rishi Sunak is seen as the front runner while Penny Mordaunt runs second. Liz Truss is third, but a recent poll shows that she would beat all contenders in the final runoff between Tory members. Live in London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. You and thank you. We move to Italy now, where Prime Minister Mario Draghi is under mounting pressure to reverse his pledge to resign. Draghi appears determined to leave office, but some are pushing for him to stay. Bloomberg's Tommaso Ebhart has more from Milan. The pressure is not coming from political parties, but it's coming from the country, from a business leader, uh, from professor, from major of more than 400 cities. So there is growing pressure, but at the moment, Mario Draghi uh, seems determined to leave because uh, the national unity government that he used to run is not there anymore. The coalition is essentially broken. Bloomberg's Tommaso Ebhard of Alon says Mario Draghi will address lawmakers Wednesday to declare whether or not he'll quit the government. Turning to Asia now, Karen, it was a good day for equities thanks to softer signs from the Fed and pledges from China to shore up economic growth. Bloomberg's Juliet Sally joins us with details from Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index, excluding Japan, which was closed for a holiday, gained more than 1%, boosted by a jump in Chinese tech shares. Sentiment across mainland equities and in Hong Kong was boosted after the PBOC indicated it will step up implementation of prudent monetary policy. Shares of Chinese developers jumped by the most in nearly a month following a report that the nation's banking regulator has urged lenders to support the sector amid a growing mortgage boycott. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Julia, thank you. Meantime, in China, cases of COVID-19 remain elevated. Shanghai rolling out mass testing in nine districts to stamp out infections. The country reported 510 cases for Sunday after new infections jumped to 580 on Saturday. Start politics now, Karen, and the latest developments on Capitol Hill. The January 6th committee now says it expects to get Secret Service texts before tomorrow's deadline. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. These are texts that it was first said were deleted in a system upgrade, texts that were not backed up. Now committee member Zoe Lofgren says a change in tune. And there was a statement made by the spokesperson for the department saying that it you know, wasn't true, wasn't fair, and that they, in fact, had pertinent texts. And member Adam Kissinger says he hopes to get good information. It is quite crazy that the Secret Service would actually end up deleting anything related to one of the more infamous days in American history. And he says he doesn't know exactly what they'll get. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And thank you. S&P futures right now up 36 points. Dow futures up 261. NASDAQ futures are higher by 140 points. Ten-year Treasury yield 2.95%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 607 on Wall Street. We're at 77 degrees in Central Park. The Harlem River Drive is jammed southbound to the 145th Street Bridge with a crash clearing. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Nathan, another deadly mass shooting. This one inside a shopping mall in Greenwood, Indiana. 
Police say the still unidentified adult male entered the mall's food court shortly after 6 p.m. local time yesterday, apparently with a long gun and magazines of ammunition, and started shooting. Five people were shot. Three of them died. Police say a good Samaritan who was armed shot the attacker, killing him. The real hero of the day is the the citizen that was lawfully carrying a firearm in that food court and was able to stop the shooter uh, almost as soon as he began. That's the Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen. A damning investigative report about the mass shooting in Texas. That report finds nearly 400 law enforcement officials rushed to the mass shooting at the Uvalde Elementary School, but egregiously poor decision-making resulted in more than an hour of chaos before the government, who took 21 lives, was finally confronted and killed. With many New Yorkers frustrated with crime, Mayor Eric Adams has been on the road raising money. That story in this report from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. The mayor raised more than $850,000 for his 2025 re-election campaign barely six months after taking office. The figure comes from filings with the city's campaign finance board. According to the Times, the campaign hall is a result of Mr. Adams's traveling across the country to raise money for a second term. Nearly half of Mayor Adams's campaign donations, more than $400,000, came from outside New York City. The donors include leaders from real estate, casino, and sports betting businesses. Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York City is considered the epicenter of the U.S. monkeypox outbreak. And on Sunday, three mass vaccination sites opened to the city among a limited supply of shots. New York City is approaching 500 confirmed cases of monkeypox. The city's health commissioner expects that number will grow as testing ramps up. Well, maybe this time is the charm. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were married Saturday in a late-night Las Vegas drive through chapel culminating a relationship that stretched over two decades in two separate romances and headlined countless tabloid covers. Lopez and Affleck famously dated in the early 2000s, spawning the nickname Benefor before rekindling their romance last year. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Yeah, you just wanted to say Benefor this morning, didn't you, John? Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. 610 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Rory McIlroy has to be wondering what he's got to do to win that elusive fifth career major. The Open Championship at St. Andrews. He had the full support of the crowd. He shot 18 under par. Only had four bogeys the entire tournament. None in yesterday's final round. He still blew a four-shot lead. Cam Smith. The 28-year-old Aussie simply out-putted him, ran off five straight birdies to start the back nine. Smith's 20-under tied the record for major. Cam Young, the Westchester native who began the Open with a 64, finished it with a 65 and an eagle on the par four 18th hole. So he finished second. McElroy was third. Can't be too despondent because of how this year's went and how this year's going. I mean, I'm, I'm playing some of the best golf that I've played in a long time. So it's just a matter of keep, you know, knocking on the door and... Eventually, one will open. McElroy still hasn't won a major since 2014. Yankees hit the All-Star break 64 and 28, even with a bad week where they lost five out of six. They won the last two with the Red Sox by a combined 27 to three. 13 to two yesterday. Tim Locastro, the unlikely hitting star, three hits and a home run. Garrett Cole struck out 12 for his ninth win. Mets seemed on their way to a sweep in Chicago. Cubs scored twice in the eighth inning, one three to two. Mets are 58 and 35. Two and a half ahead of Atlanta. A year ago, the Mets with the 10th pick of the draft took Kumar Rocker, pitcher from Vanderbilt. Then they had injury concerns, never signed him. He went back into the draft. 
in a surprise. He was taken third overall by Texas. The sons of former major leaguers Matt Holliday and Andrew Jones were taken 1-2 by Baltimore and Arizona. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P Futures up 38 points. Dow Futures up 273. NASDAQ Futures are higher right now by 146 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. Cloudy today. Some showers and storms developing by midday with highs in the low 80s. We'll get near 90 tomorrow under a mostly sunny sky. Mid-90s going to be hot for Wednesday. Right now, 76 in Central Park. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.